Hello, my name is Leslie, and I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started the podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often did say, why not today? I'm based in Ruston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. So I'm really excited about my guests today, that we had a great conversation the other day about different subjects. I'm like, oh my goodness, you need to be on this podcast. And so Liz, is it pronounced Grieven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yay. So <laughs> we met at Smith Mountain Lake, that if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know, that's one of my places to hang and go. And and it was definitely a God wink introduction. Like I walked into my friend's store, Jay Bond, who's been a guest on the podcast and you were there and just, we were talking and assumed we knew each other. And then um, I think a couple of days later, walked into another coffee shop and there you were again. And just like, we need to connect. So we connected on social media and I just was watching things you're posting. And I'm like, okay, there is a story behind this girl and I need to know it and we need to be friends. And even though I'm not at the lake right now, we're in separate places in Virginia, but we still could be friends. And we're talking about some power sessions and all kinds of fun things. So I'm really excited just to have this conversation with you, Liz, and share some of your why not today moments. And it's kind of opposite of a lot of what people on my podcast we've talked about. And, you know, you are Liz Grieven and not a company, which I love and it's who you be. So introduce yourself, just a quick who Liz is and um, a fun fact, and then we'll talk about courage and all your stories. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure getting to chat with you. Um, I am like a little butterfly. I float around Smith Mountain Lake uh, quite a bit. So it's it's not a coincidence that we ran into each other um, in two different places. Uh, I I do have fun getting to, to meet all of the locals here at Smith Mountain Lake. And I do consider you kind of a local, even though you are uh, in the rest in, because when you are here, I do get to see you quite a bit. Um, so uh, this, the story of Liz Grieven, I'll give you a, a quick uh, fun fact about me. Um, I have moved actually about 38 times in my life. Oh my goodness. Um, and I'm, I'm young, I'm in my late 30s, so it's about as old as I am. Um, and they're not to different places um, geographically, so to speak, um, but they're just, I've moved around a lot. And some of it has been for job opportunities. Other times it's been with my family. Um, other times it's been just to uh, start a new new adventure um, okay. and, and seek out a new opportunity. So that's a fun fact about me. Um, if I think if opportunity knocks or if there is a um, an opportunity to start something new or meet new people, um, I think it's you just kind of have to trust God that that's where you're meant to go. Um, I so love your uh, you moving and doing things for new adventures, which speaks to my heart and soul. And I'm always yeah. up for an adventure. Yeah, and that's. Um, Sometimes, sometimes I, and that's kind of a fun fact about me is that I am very trusting that there is a, uh, a purpose to my life. And I trust that, um, that there's something greater for me to be doing. Uh, one of the things that drew me to you and I just knew in our conversation, I just like, I knew I needed to know you and I've been really trying to be obedient to the God winks and the meeting people and the people in my path. 
and just, you know, it's just one of those coincidental, you just meet someone who needs to introduce you to somebody else to somebody else. And, you know, I think we need to be open to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think be in such always, a hurry. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's another thing too, is I think people are always in such a hurry that they don't pay attention um, to some of the things that are handed to them or put in their path. Um, Cause we're always in a hurry to do things that are in our, that we have planned out that we don't pay attention to the things that maybe are put in, uh, put in front of us for a reason um, or the people that are put in front of us for a reason. So, so yeah. And I think yeah. that's one thing I like about being at Smith Mountain Life because I live in Northern Virginia, which can be crazy and busy. And it's like a badge of courage or badge of honor that you're busy. And yeah. what else I'm from New York. I'm from New York. So I completely Same understand thing. that. <laughs> so at the lake is kind of more chill. People aren't in as big of a hurry. You stop and talk to people and you say hello and you have a conversation and get to know people. And that's one of the things I love about there, whether it's you're at the coffee shop or you're J- Javon's store. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met so many people there. You just, and I've got a great group of friends. And as you said, I don't even live there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, and it's a beautiful area to do that too. Yeah, exactly. So what does courage mean to you? What's your definition of courage? So, and it's, and it's funny cause I really, um, listening to your prior podcast and some of your guests, I think a lot of them have nailed it in so many different ways. Um, and I really gave this thought and I love that you asked this question. So for me, it's kind of a combination of a lot. And you know, you always hear that um, courage is, you know, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And I, I honestly, I agree with that, but I think that people leave out, I think the most important piece of that, and it's the decision part. It's feeling the fear and deciding, making that decision to do something anyway, and then taking the action. Um, so, and I can give a personal example. So like for me, it's, you know, feeling, feeling fear. And when I moved down here, for example, I didn't know anyone in this area. I had never been to Smith Mountain Lake and I was given the opportunity to move down here from New York to Virginia to an area that I knew no one had never been here and start my life basically fresh and I was petrified. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Like, this is going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take all of me to do this. And I made the decision. And I think a big part of courage is when you make a decision, you invest, it goes from your heart, it goes from your head to your heart. And Perfect. that's where, that's where courage really comes from is your heart. So I think that's the biggest piece that people miss when they just, de- when they, uh, define courage is that it involves your heart. Um, and so once you make a decision with your heart, you're fully invested and nothing can stop you. Totally agree. You know, it's interesting just you saying that the visual that came to my mind is Wizard of Oz. Because you talked about courage and heart. And um, I love the story behind the Wizard of Oz and the symbolism mm-hmm. all of it and how true that is it's courage yeah start making a decision which deciding is cutting off all other options it's like okay what are the things i'm gonna do you know yeah towards that uh and i just created 
and people can get it and sign up for my email list, a courage hack that I have saved on my phone as a screensaver. And it's like the letter Y and then NT for why not today. Mm -hmm. Basically taking the action. What's that one thing? And courage doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be moving to another state. Courage can just be getting up in the morning sometimes. Yeah. And that's, so that's the other thing too, is, um, I decided to go back to school and, um, major in psychology, uh, while I was here taking care of my parents and helping out with, with that. Um, and I've learned so much that it sometimes for some people, it, it is just getting up in the morning. It is just making that decision to say hello to someone when you have the, so much anxiety that around, you know, social anxiety that you can't talk to people or for some people, it's just leaving the house because there's so much anxiety about leaving the house, especially after a pandemic or yeah. interacting with people, you know, so we're in, we're in such a different place with our mental health. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to, to go back and study psychology is that there's, there's such a, you know, you have, people have to give themselves permission to find out where they, where they're at and, and then is this, all right Liz's internet's breaking up a little bit okay okay um sorry about that so then um what I was saying was that some some days you have to take one step and use that courage and then maybe it's the next day or after that a a week later use two steps or three steps Uh just the one step after the other yeah and then, but it's making that decision to just be, be more courageous than you were the day before. Yeah. What do they say? It takes five seconds of courage. Um, and uh, oh, Mel Robbins talks about, she has a great the talk, five, second rule. five second rule. I love and, Mel Robbins. She's wonderful. Yeah. And so it's talking about when there's something you don't want to do from getting out of bed to making that phone call to saying hello to somebody, you go, you count down five, four, three, two, one, instead of going one, two, three, four, five, then you can go six, seven, you don't do it. So, you know, it's just making that decision. So you're young and you've had a lot of life and a lot of experience. We could talk (laughs) about lots of stories. So um, I know when we talked yesterday, you we were talking about businesses and people that we've interviewed, I've interviewed and talked about, they've started business or nonprofits and you went the opposite. And um, I kind of, I left corporate America also, but I had mm-hmm. another business to start, but you left a successful business corporate mm-hmm. to take care of family, which is so admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so let's you. Talk um, a little about that and the steps behind that. And, you know, ironically, when I quit my job, it was, I did have another business behind, but not knowing my dad six months later would have a stroke and I would be able to be there. And I w- had positioned yeah. my life. So you just never know, but taking those steps, which can be scary. Yeah. So for me, it was honestly, it was petrifying. Um, you know, I think that the, it started, essentially it started with uh, a Tony Robbins um, weekend that I did virtually. Um, and then he talked about service and a life of service and stuff like that. And I realized something clicked in me there that I was very driven by my career. And so there was, there was just that in the back of my head. Um, 
and but nothing really triggered me yet. And then um, I was doing great with my career. And then my my mom got sick. And it just turned it turn of events happened where it was time for me. Uh, I made a decision, like we talked about, to just um, kind of step away and um, really help out with family. But the thing that really triggered me the most was in 2019, I lost my aunt who had fought for the majority of her life to breast cancer. Um, and for the last like two weeks of her life, I was there by her side day in and day out, uh, put her on hospice um, and was by her side watching her through that. Um, and I, I had survived breast cancer myself. So when you watch um, someone pass away from a cancer that you have had, it is a totally, it puts you in a totally different mindset, a totally different place. Um, and so you start to realize, and, and I think this was the biggest, the biggest decision for me was that you realize that there's very little time. You change your focus from being career, career driven and what's important in life to uh, your, your, your front side focus needs to be on the people that are important in life. Um, and that no matter whatever time you have left or they have left, it needs to be, you know, and this was just for me, it could be different for other people, but it needs to be about who and not what. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, my passions with this podcast is to give people courage to do those things. In the last few months, I have, you know, I have a friend at 57 that didn't, that was found not alive. Um, another friend this week, I heard her she had a best friend at 44 that they found again, not alive. And then somebody else was telling me about somebody's mother, although she was in the, her seventies, that's not that yeah. old. Again, nobody could get in touch with her. So three instances where people couldn't get in touch with somebody and they were not with us anymore. Well, and, right. You know, it's, we're it's, all so career focused and what are we, what's the next rung on the ladder? And, and then yeah. you forget family and life and what's important and why are we doing all these things? Yeah. And that's what I found my, I mean, my mom you know, her health is not great. She's wheelchair bound right now and, and um, pretty much to her bed. And she has a lot of health issues, especially with her mobility. And um, she's, she's not even 70 yet. She's in her 60s. Wow. And to me, she, that's a baby. Yeah. Um, I'm almost so there. Far, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's so many people there's that I know people that are in their 60s still running marathons, but it's, you know, it's, you don't know when or what's going to happen in life. And especially after this pandemic, we had people that were babies just passing away. So I've learned, I've, I've lived, like I said, like you said, I've lived a lot of life in my young life and I'm, I've learned that life is really fragile. So part of, and there's different ways you can be courageous. I think you can be, you know, physically courageous. You can be spiritually courageous. You can be emotionally courageous. Um, there's just different ways you can be courageous. And so for me, um, part of the way that I found that I needed to be courageous, not just for me, but for my family members was that I needed to switch from being, um, driven for myself and, and wanting success for myself and really define what success meant and say, what is this, what is this game of life really about? You know, like kind of just shift that focus and say, um, you know, who do I show up for? Cause 90% of life, 
maybe even 99% of life these days is showing up and who do you show up for and how do you show up for them? Um, and you know, you need to show up for yourself and, and what does that mean? You know, and define that. And then when you show up for other people, are you showing up kind of part in the French half-assing it? Are you showing up like, you know, where you're there, but not really present or are you, are you all in and when they need you to be? And being um, present is so key. And... Yeah, well, exactly. And I found that when I was showing up for my parents, when I was showing up for my sister and her kids, when I was showing up for my brother and his kids, even if it was on a phone call, um, I was talking where my friends, I was talking to them, but I was texting while I was doing it because I had stuff that I needed to get done for work and yada, yada, yada. And that just, that's not who I wanted to be. So, you know, I decided I made that, like we said, I made the decision um, to do a courageous act for my life. And it was just to take a step back from my career. And, um, you know, the catalyst was my aunt passing away and, and just show up, go all in for the people that I cared about. Awesome. And um, speaking of your aunt, today, I know we're recording this, not the day, the same day we're going to post it, but the day we're recording it happens to be your aunt's birthday. It is and my aunt's birthday. You told she's me 74 well, heaven today. Aw, just hanging out with my dad. Yeah. Um, but you told me when, I don't know if it's before she passed away or earlier in life, that she challenged you about courage in your life. Talk about that, because I think that's- She did. Um. So, and it was, it started when I was super young. So every summer, you know, everybody has that aunt or that uncle or whoever that you would go to their house. You know, she lived in Rhode Island, right by the beach, by Mesquamacate Beach. So I grew up going to her house every summer for a week or a weekend or whatever. My parents would drop me off or she would come and get us and my, my siblings and I, and we would go and spend, you know, the week at Aunt Gail's house. Um, and we'd go to the beach and do all this other stuff. Well, she would always get, she would always bring us to like these exotic seafood restaurants and do all this other stuff. And I would look at her and I would say, I don't like it. She'd try to get me to eat, you know, whatever, you know, calamari, squid, whatever it was, all these weird things. Um, and to like a, you know, 10 year old or whoever, you don't want to eat squid. You don't want to eat clams. You don't like, you want chicken nuggets or <laughs> French fries. Yeah. And so I would just tell her I didn't like it. And she would say, how do you know you don't like it if you've never had it? And I would just say, I don't, cause it doesn't look right. I don't like it. So she challenged me every single time I was with her to try something new, but not just when I was with her, she later in life, she would tell me, she would say, she always called me Elizabeth, which drove me nuts because nobody ever calls me by my full name. Um, she would say, Elizabeth, from now on, I challenge you to try something every day that either scares you, that you've never done, or that you think you could never do. Every day. And then she made me promise her that I would do it for the rest of my life. Wow. Which was, yeah. And now, you know, once she passed away too, it was like, well, crap, now I really got to do it because, you know, she's going to come back and haunt me. So, <laughs> <laughs> she's always watching me now. So now I, even if it's something super small, um, that it's just trying a new food or trying a new coffee at the coffee house or um, do something that scares me. Talk to 
you know, I remember in, I think it was high school or middle school, I would go up and talk to a boy who I thought was really cute. And it was, and I would call her and say, so I did something that scared me today. Um, but it was, and I knew she'd be proud of me. So like, I, you know, I always challenge my friends or people and I challenge anyone who's listening to this to do that, find something that scares you, try something new, or, you know, just do something that you thought you could never do. Um, and do one of those things every day, just pick one. Love it. Yeah. I love that challenge. And, you know, they always say, and I quote this often, Daniel Pink wrote a book about the power of regret and says, you, you rarely regret the things you didn't do, but you, or no, you rarely regret the things you did, but not the things you didn't do. Didn't like, do. Do the yeah. thing, you know, make the bold move. So another thing we talked about the other day is your, I mean, breast cancer was a major health challenge, but the other yeah. one that we talked about yesterday and the other day was with walking simple. And you took yesterday, you told me you had to kind of have a whole mind shift around that. So share a little about that. Yeah. So, um, I used to run marathons, um, and God bless I'm you. An avid runner. What's that? God bless you. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of steps. It's just a lot of steps in a row. That's all it is. Well, it's I was talking to somebody yesterday who was working in a facility with adults with disabilities. And this woman who was 57 years old, so younger than me, was mm-hmm. paralyzed from the neck down from, from a, I think a hiking something, rock climbing. Mm-hmm. But she had at age 50 decided to do marathons and did, I think, 50 marathons. And this man that was talking to her, totally able-bodied, and he goes, I'm so, you know, I think her name was Valerie. He's like, that's amazing. I could never do that. And he's like, what am I saying? This woman who is totally, you know, disabled and can't move, paralyzed. And I'm saying that. So he said he did it. And he like promised her and raised like $10,000. And, you know, but it's like, okay, you can do it. You just... So that's my little side note about that. People limit themselves in their own minds. And it's amazing the things you can do if you ready, decide. Right. Amazing the theme. All right. Yeah, so go right. back to running marathons. So um, I used to run marathons and I was uh, like this great athlete and all this other stuff. So my whole life, ever since I was, you know, probably came out of the, I probably came out of the, you know, the womb running at this mm-hmm. point. I was just super active my whole life. Um. And I was at college waking up to run with one of the cross country runners. Um, and cause we always went on our morning runs at some, you know, zero dark ugly. And I went to get out of bed and couldn't walk. I literally just, I had lost function of my right leg wow. and, um, my, I had no flexion and extension in my foot. I couldn't use my foot at all. And I had this horrible pain up and down my entire leg, my right leg. And so I called my, my one friend who was a paramedic on campus mm-hmm. and he came rushing over and he was a, he was an ex, um, he was in the Navy ex Marine kind of thing. So he was a, a medic, a field medic. Um, and he came rushing over to my dorm room and I remember him being like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know why you can't use this leg. So they brought me to the hospital. They rushed me to do a bigger huddle, they did all this stuff. It turned out after 26 hours in the ER, I got diagnosed with this rare neurological pain disorder thing, um, which I still do have. 
So I'm in pain, pretty a level of pain pretty much all the time. But after four years um, of off and on, basically four years of, of crutches. Oh, no, you froze again. All right. You froze again. Yeah. Oops, go back. You froze to. Oh, you're coming back. Let's see. All right. Can after four years of crutches. Okay. So on four years of crutches, um, basically off and on. Um, I finally had surgery at Columbia Presbyterian um, in New York City to basically reroute and reconstruct some of the nerve pathways in my leg. And so now I am no longer, I can, I can walk, you know, uh, and I function my leg. But, you know, when you go from being a, a runner and a, um, an avid athlete and then just have that taken away for years of your life, and you, you basically learn that you have to mourn the person you were before. Yes. Because mentally, you, you just, that person is now dead. And, and so mentally, that takes a huge toll on you. And so I went through a lot of, of a mental health um, journey. And I think that's a courage piece to be able to recognize that, okay, I've got to mourn. I have to move past. I can't live in the wallow in the self pity of this, but this is no. who the is. Yeah, you had to. I had to make a decision there, and I learned that. And um, I was very thankful. I leaned on. Um, I leaned on some mental health professionals in my in my life because I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know. All I kept saying was. Um, and I think there's a really big lesson here for people is you have to, when you have to reach out for help mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to handle the fact that every single thing that I knew about myself was gone. Like every way that I defined myself was now gone. It was, I was active and I was an athlete. And, um, when I got stressed, I went for a run and every way that I handled everything about life was physical and I couldn't do anything physical. I couldn't use my legs essentially. So now what do I do? And so I had to learn a couple new things. The one thing I had to learn was I'm really, really smart and I'm really talented in other ways that don't involve my body. So I had to say, okay, that part of me essentially is gone. It's dead. So what other ways can I use my body? Can I use my mind? Can I use my gifts, A, to give back, to be successful, and to do the things that I want to do in this world, to accomplish the things that I want to do, and to make myself a better person to learn and grow that don't involve any limitations? Right. What a great pivot and what a great mental shift. And I love... In accompanying that, going back to school for psychology and mental health, because um, I think there's such a need. There's something I heard about yesterday or the other day, which is the coolest thing. This man started a nonprofit. It's called the um, Confess Project. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Tell me about it. All right. So it's the coolest thing. And I would. he was on the Mel Robbins podcast. So I don't know if I could ever get him on here, but he um, started training beauticians and barbers on mental health. Yeah. You, you mentioned it. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Like, 
because if you think about it, those you sit in the the hairdresser's chair and you share. Oh, they know everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, yeah. and the other thing I was talking to somebody about, the other great way to have converse, hard conversations with people. And I know people that have kids say the best conversation they ever had with their kids is when they're in the backseat of the car. You're not eyeball yeah. to eyeball. Um, I know a pastor of the church, he said the best way to have conversations with people is side to side when you're going for a walk. So I'm like, we need some walk therapy, you know, that we're going I, for walks and we're having those discussions. Well, that's one of the things that um, I learned was my best friend and I grew up um, basically brother and sister. He and I were just since fourth grade, best friends, you know, doing all these great things. And we would have our friendship developed over going runs together. He was my run partner and we would go for runs. And I learned so much about him um, going for a run because yeah. he wouldn't, he would never open up to me if we were just talking. Right. But you know, I'd be eyeball to eyeball, but no, he was so insecure and he was so afraid to like have that vulnerability with me. But when we would go for a run and we were doing something else and, and his mind was somewhere else, he would just talk and he yeah. was next to me and then he would open up. So there's something to be said about, you know, being able to have someone be vulnerable while they're being active. Yeah. So. We, need, we all need those people that we can talk to and reach out to. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have those people. No. And so anybody listen to the podcast, if you need that person, I am, my phone is always I was there. just going to say, find me on Facebook. Follow. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, we could talk forever and ever, and I know we're going to brainstorm all kinds of fun things together and do yes. some stuff. So the Leslie Liz show is not over. But no. how would you empower, what would you suggest to empower somebody else to be courageous, to put family first, to grieve over changing life, to all the things we talked about? So there's a, there's a few uh, points there that I would make, um, and I'm, I'll, I'll touch on them quickly. The first thing, as far as um, being courageous, I would say two things. One, make a decision and then jump. You're going, when you jump, you're, you know, if you're jumping out of a tree, you're going to hit some branches on the way down. Um, you're going to tear up your clothes. It's going to hurt, but eventually you're going to fly. So you just have to make the decision to jump. Life is crazy and it's messy and it's beautiful. Yep. So true. So you just have to make the, don't be afraid. Like there's no reason to be afraid of the chaos. Life is chaos. It's messy. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. The Love sooner that. that the sooner you embrace the messiness of life, the sooner you will see how beautiful it is. Yep. And isn't it the hardest things we've gone through are have the brightest shining light once you get through it. And you're I, like, I've oh, been, I went through that to get to that. <laughs> that when it's funny because I look at back at some of the stuff that I've navigated my way through in in my young especially my younger life and I think people are always like I don't know how you got through that and I'm like a I didn't have a choice you just go through it and b I think those are some of the best that like somebody asked me what's the top you know I would name what other people would think are the worst things in their life because right. I grew from them I look at them and I think I don't know I would not be who I am today if I didn't, if those didn't happen to me. And I love who I am today. So, um, 
Yeah. Huh. And then as far as the, as far as putting family first, uh, that's just a decision you have to make. If that's something that fits in your life, if that's something that you feel like you, your heart is ready to have that focus. Um, you know, I think, I think honestly, it's, you need to just take time for people be present in every moment. Yeah. Um, being present. And, and I think the biggest thing is, is that put your phone away, <laughs> like make eye contact. I think, I think the phone That's is the, true. I, I miss, I miss shaking people's hands and I miss making eye contact with people. And I, I, I missed doing that. And now that I do that, I think it is the decision I ever made. Yeah. Yep, she's frozen again. These fun looks. <laughs> Hopefully you'll come back, Miss Liz. Something about Smith Mountain Lake internet. I was just going to say, I'm on, I'm on Wi-Fi, like literally in like a thing. So can you hear me now? Yeah. I interviewed somebody else at Smith Mountain Lake and he got to a point. It's Christian Q and he got to a point. He was a little emotional and he cut out, which his phone died. But yeah, <laughs> technology. Speaking about technology, it's going to mess with us. So, yeah, so many things, and we could talk forever and ever, and it's just making those decisions, doing the things, and you never yeah. know it's going to take you. And so I always try to tie back in these, like, how do you connect with my dad? And I said that to somebody one time, I'm like, well, I never met your dad. I'm like, no, you didn't. But, you know, some of the, your life, you've had some ups and downs, and he definitely did. Um, the iPads mm -hmm. came from a car accident he got into when he graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. And that sent his life a whole different trajectory. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the trajectory and the path, like he would, that accident had to happen for me to be born because my mom mm -hmm. lived in South Bend where he moved and went to Notre Dame in college. So, so many things you look at your life when you look back, I'm like, wow, so glad that disaster happened. So <laughs> this blessing can happen. So, um, yeah, your courage is amazing. And I knew there was a story behind you and I'm looking forward to do another thing. So we're going to share in the show notes how you can connect with Liz. Um, she doesn't have a business, but she's on social and you can find her. She posts some cool, posts some cool stuff. And as I said, we're going to do some other things together. So I'm excited about that. So anything before we close, Miss Liz, you want to share that we missed? No, I just really appreciate the time. I uh, appreciate all our conversations. Uh, I think I think this show is such a blessing to everyone. Um, definitely, I would tell anybody listening, definitely go back and listen to some previous um, episodes because there's some fantastic guests. And, you know, Leslie's definitely got this, you know, such a great thing going here. So Thanks. So we're going to yeah. got lots of other guests lined up and I keep meeting people and just the coolest people. And I'm just like, Oh, I have to have your story on the podcast. So for sure, for sure. Um, so if you like the podcast, review it, share it, um, rate it, and you can find all everything about the podcast on the website. Why not today podcast.com. Um, there's a courage hack you can get if you want let me know. Um, you can find me on all the social media places, Liz as well. Um, we do have, I think mine's a little beat up, but why not today cups? I have t-shirts, which I'm working on some more vinyl stickers, all kinds of stuff. Cause we want this to be a movement for people to be courageous mm -hmm. and live in courage and make those decisions. Awesome. So thank you for being my guest and um, there'll be more to hear from this. We're looking at some other fun things together. So you, thanks again, everybody for listening.
Bye.